everyone. Welcome to the RCAT Specialist Section for People with Learning Disabilities podcast, a day in the life of an LDOT. My name is Bryony Moore and I'm joined by my colleague Becky Power. Hello. Um, so we wanted to start this podcast as a way to showcase the amazing work of the LDOTs within the Specialist Section. The way it will work is each week we will be interviewing a different OT working with people with learning disabilities from the specialist section. However, this week, as it's our first podcast, we are going to chat to each other about a typical day for each of us working as an LDOT. Right, so uh, we thought we'd start by giving you a little bit of background on how me and Bryony know each other. So me and Bryony used to work together in a community team for people with learning disabilities. So we thought this would be a perfect thing for us to have a little chat to you about. So Bryony, are you happy to yeah. talk about your We're role? reunited. Yep. It's so nice. We're <laughs> back together again. Um, yeah, so we used to yeah, work in the same team. Yep. Um, and I was band six uh, mm-hmm. for a community learning disability team. And I'm a band five. I'm still in the same team. Yeah, <laughs> still there, still there. Um, yeah, and um, I guess, gosh, every day yeah. as a band six, I don't know if you feel like it. Band five is why I think. Well, all of us can say the same. Yeah. Every day is so different. So different, isn't and it? It's hard to know where to start, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, being a band six OT in a community learning disability team is just so varied, and I guess you have lots of different kinds of days don't you Mm. so you have the days where they're kind of slower yeah and you're doing a lot of admin writing very long complicated reports (laughs) filling in um very long mo host assessments (laughs) or putting together putting together lots of lots of assessments you've done over you know a long period of time Mm. um to being out with someone in the community Mm. um doing um an activity they really love and it's really meaningful and I think that's something that's so brilliant about being an LDAT or especially in the team that we worked in yeah it seems to be something that's quite unique about that about our area like I hear a lot of other OTs in different areas talking about what they do and they don't seem to do as much of the meaningful engagement as what we do no we're so lucky and I feel like it's this really precious um role where generic responsibility Mm. hasn't overtaken it so we don't you know care coordination can be a part of it but it's not the sole thing we really do and the meaningful Mm. engagement and occupational participation part of the work is not um the add-on no which is so lovely and I really love that about that role that Mm. I would really get to explore and spend time with people on trying to establish what is meaningful for that person and what I found so interesting about it was you know sometimes we would you know well we are we refer people aren't we that um Mm. you know are are maybe in their 60s yes or in their 50s Mm. and and homes are coming to OT and saying we don't know Uh, what this person likes to do yeah and it's just so lovely to be in a position where it's your job to find Mm. out what is truly meaningful exactly and also with the older population as well something that I didn't realize before coming in to work with people with disabilities was how 
quite often when they have dementia or they can quite often get dementia their level of engagement is changing and then we can come in and give advice on yeah. adapting that which is just something I never realized yeah yeah I, like, I know I know I know yeah I know. it's funny isn't it and I don't think I did either yeah. and obviously I came into the role from a pediatric job yeah. which is where I was working prior to becoming a specialist LDOT mm. and you know you don't I suppose I hadn't thought about that side of things you know when um the population are at that point where they're you know um their lives are really starting to change and how they experience participation and occupation is beginning to change um so yeah it's it's really really interesting um yeah and I guess it Mm. I guess the thing (laughs) is it's yeah no sorry I just lost it Hi guys, uh, so <laughs> we lost it a bit there, oh. but please bear with us because this is our first podcast that we're doing. So just getting used to this. Yeah, it's exactly. Really weird, isn't it? But it's it's strange. <laughs> really strange. So, so we thought we'd get back to Bryony's typical day <laughs> again. Yeah, here we go again. Um, yeah, and I suppose um, as I was saying, every day is different. Um, but uh, I guess it's about six. OT. Um, other things that we'd be heavily involved in um, were referrals, or are, or were, uh, for me, were um, <laughs> referrals for challenging behaviour. Yeah. Um, I think OT within a community learning disability team plays a massive, Definitely. massive part in um, helping those demonstrating challenging behaviours. Mm. Um, and part of that as well, um, and just part of function, really, part of occupational participation um, is sensory integration. Um, and we're in a very fortunate position within that service that we can um, look at that and the impact that is having on function mm. um, and it's something that might be stopping people from doing what they want to do. It would be actually quite interesting to hear from many other ITs in other CTPLDs whether they're using a sensory integration. So if anyone... Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Do, do they run clinics? Yeah. Um, do, do they do paper-based questionnaires and then from there do they look at how that's impacting on occupational participation mm. um yeah or we'd love or, to know basically. yeah <laughs> are they working to use those um strategies in a functional way in the home but maybe without clinic you know clinic assessment work, without yeah. the sipped it'd be really great mm. to know what they're doing um but yeah but that you know for me that was really brilliant um getting to look at sensory integration and how that can impact on the person Mm. and their function and certainly of our lead Lindsay Mm. um we were able to do some really fantastic work there and run a clinic and Mm. um you know look at that in more detail obviously with Lindsay's brilliant training and uh you know she's also uh, (laughs) the lead what is she uh specialist section she's our chair yeah Lindsay yes (laughs) hi Lindsay yeah (laughs) um Yes, that that's um, was yeah a very interesting part of my role, um, and um, as part of that as well, um, I also got to do some extra training in the AMPS assessment, the oh, big yeah. assessment that um, I yeah I was able to use, looking at all those specific motor and process skills and how they are impacting on someone's ability to do mm. the things that matter to them. Um, and I love that assessment just the best assessment ever um, <laughs> really gold standard I just feel like social care take it really seriously yeah. um, when you're looking at increasing packages or whether a package can be decreased how it can be 
you know, support can be used effectively and efficiently as well. And do you think because it is such a well-recognised test, that is why they take it so seriously? And because... Yes. Standardisation yeah. is brilliant, and they know that. Um, mm. And in my experience, I was able to get packages increased on a number of occasions because of an AMPS assessment. Because it's so specific. I think social care like that you can give them such a specific um, <laughs> need, you yeah. know, um, which is great. It's not willy. And that's the thing. I think sometimes we can go in as OTs and we can see what's going on, but almost it's quite difficult sometimes to articulate it, especially mm. if you aren't used to it or you don't have that AMPS training. So it's interesting to hear that that gives you almost that definitely backup. Yeah, definitely. And comparing it to how would a healthy, well person present? Yeah. And how does a person we're working with present? Mm. And you can literally see in the report the gap. Um, and what's neat you can think about with social care what's needed to to fill that gap um so yeah really great um and posture um was able to do a bit of training in complex posture assessment yeah Yeah, which is great um because our service had a joint pathway physio yeah so um my role within that would be to look at the functional aspect of the seating so mm. physio can get someone into a great position very a very healthy position for their overall physical health and then I suppose as part of that my job was to look at can the person still do the things they want to do are they in a good position to read if that's what they want to do or mm. to engage in messy play if that's something that they really love or mm. eat with their peers and friends at the dinner table yeah. you know so that's quite nice which is so important isn't it yeah, yeah definitely and um and I guess what I really love about that role is um you know we get we look at overall health yes and so we've got all the physical things mm. um but we also have a hand in supporting the mental health of the service users too um and another again big part of my role would be to work with those people who are experiencing mental health issues yeah. so what if a number of people for example who um you know they're very very low and hadn't got out of bed for a long time yeah. um they their participation in occupation had really really significantly declined um because of that and you know as part of that work we use don't we the remotivation yes, process we do. it's a huge um tool um for us and used it successfully on a couple of occasions and I always think OTs are really well placed to spot those things going on with people's mental health because unlike some of the other professions who are working in LD we've had to do placements in mental health and we've seen other Mm, people definitely experiencing um mental health problems yeah so we're dual trained yeah we are dual trained yeah so nice we can go in and see someone can't we and we can see okay, the, the physical things mm. impacting this, the sensory things might be impacting this, and the mental health things that are impacting might be this. And we come up with a plan to look at the whole thing. And yeah. I think that's our specialist skill, yeah. isn't it, within that service? Our unique thing, isn't what it? What we can offer. Um, yeah, and, and we do lots of work, don't we, to prevent admission. Of course, yeah. Um, and, you know, a big, a big part of that, um, you know, for us in our service, I suppose, is working very well with, Karen in our ISS oh, yeah. service um but you know we we have that kind of initial mm. work don't we to try and you know we've got someone that's quite unwell here mm. what can we do to help stop change that um ISS is stands for um 
Is oh, it intensive support, support service? Yeah, Sorry. just in case. Yeah. No, one... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I forget. Yeah. Not everyone has that because it's different um, acronyms, isn't it, for different areas? So I know. Yeah. I know. Oh my goodness! Exactly. Mm. Um, but yeah. So really, what I'm trying to say is, every day was so different, but yeah. the role covers so much stuff, and I, ha- I think I've only really just scraped the surface there. Mm. Um, in terms of all the things that I'd encounter, how about you, Becky, as a band five? So as Bryony said, I'm a band five. Um, I'm reasonably newly qualified. Um, so this is my first role as an OT. Yeah, quite an interesting one. For your yeah, first role. interesting. I mean, it's quite different than what I think a lot of my peers who are on my course, what they've gone into. They've gone into a lot of acute and mm-hmm. mental health. Um, Lots of people start there, don't they? Yes. You know, acute rotation and or a mental health rotation. Yeah. It's quite a specialist team to start off in, but yeah. also great, well, I think, for experience and getting those OT skills really. I think for like developing your yeah your course uh, skill set is actually a really good area to start in, and I think I'm loving it. So I thought I'd just talk you through some of the things I've been doing. Okay. So like Bryony said, um, we do quite a lot of assessment. Um, some of the assessments we use are MoHost. Um, we see people doing activities and then we'll grade the MoHost afterwards. Another um, assessment we've started using is the Moho Explore, which I think is absolutely mm. brilliant for our client group. You went on training for that, didn't you? I did. I went on the Sue Parkinson training, which I'll hi- I would highly recommend. It just especially as someone who's quite new into working, it kind of embedded just a lot of the Moho stuff as well, Brilliant. which I thought was just great. And for our client group, doing a Moho is sometimes the perfect fit, but sometimes it doesn't quite give the full picture. Yeah, yeah. Like, because for, for our clients, a lot of um, them, maybe if we did a Moho would be, kind of very yeah Mm. exactly whereas the moho almost sorry the moho explore almost gives them that chance for us to actually see those subtle differences yeah and also to consider the environment a lot more and the social environment and Mm. all of those things because there's a whole extra section which is all environment yeah which is brilliant that's so fantastic isn't it when you're Mm. especially working with someone that's so reliant on those within their environment and their support to get by every day Mm, exactly um I think it's such a great assessment Mm. um just to capture those um occupational strengths but the needs for uh, you know specific people um, that sort of use our service Mm. and I think I don't know if you agree, Becky. I think you have to really think about, don't you? Which yeah. one do you use, that MoHost or the or Moho, Moho Explore? Explore? And I'm constantly thinking about that when I'm choosing those. It was interesting, actually, because Sue Parkinson herself said that she's had a really nice reaction from um, OTs working with people with learning disabilities because she said before um, she's heard that they are they kind of feel like the MoHost almost misses mm. their client group a yeah. bit, whereas this does kind of encompasses it a bit more yeah yeah definitely that yeah. appraisal of ability point on the mohost is so tricky, so tricky. i think yeah and yeah that's, that's even so when we're working true, with some so of tricky. our more like more able clients with slightly milder ld yes. sometimes i will still do a moho explore because i feel like it captures 
the environment for them as well and also those more subtle things that the yeah. my host just isn't picking up yes yeah. so yeah Fantastic. that's what we do assessment yeah. wise we do other we use other assessments as well um obviously kind of observational stuff and um the vq and stuff sometimes as yeah. part of the remotivation process like Bryony said what i would say one of the lovely things about being a band five in the service is some of the other services i hear that there isn't time for intervention in the service we work in there's time for intervention and I'm doing some lovely mm. interventions, some real, I would say like kind of core OT that you read about in textbooks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The kind of OT you're trained to give yeah. I think, at university, which is so nice. It's so nice. And I know when I was on placement, I felt a little bit despondent sometimes that I would go on placement and then yeah. I was kind of here, well, we don't have time to do an intervention or no, we, we don't do that. We, and it's kind of mm. quite generic roles. And yeah. it was such like a breath of fresh air to come into this service and find out that actually I can get through the OT process and yeah, do different processes and stuff. And I had a lovely day the other day, which I thought I'd talk you through. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I'm working with um, a gentleman who was originally referred to Bryony, actually. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't leaving the house. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, um, my goodness, yes. Yeah, he'd had a fall and he um, was now, he was kind of quite fearful. Yeah, upstairs, he, he lived upstairs for yeah. three and a half months, didn't he? Oh, God, and yeah. He wouldn't come out of his room, really, no. or attempt the stairs mm. um, for a long time. He was so frightened. So frightened, wasn't he? And you have been you were doing some joint work with psychology. Yeah. Um, psychology done some brilliant work um, getting him down the stairs, mm. addressing his fear. And um, when I picked him up, we started doing some real functional stuff. So I did some cooking assessments with him, which he did really well at. Um, and then he wanted to doing us he wanted to go out into the community and do something that previously was really meaningful to him which was get the bus to a location he always used to go to mm, mm. he hadn't done this for 20 years <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah um but we actually ended up doing it the other day and I was able to assess him in the community oh, but it was just lovely. such a meaningful experience like and I can imagine he was just so proud of himself because he'd been talking about getting the bus for so long yeah whenever I'd sort of broach it with him at that point in time yeah he's just so fearful of doing it again so it's amazing you did that so, so brilliant fun. but he said he said he felt like Tigger which was lovely <laughs> from Winnie the Pooh, um, <laughs> which was just such a nice reaction and just a lovely intervention. Mm. And I just think that's one of the kind of the yeah. special things we have in LDOT. We get to do things like that. Yeah, yeah. And where are these people? His, his world had become so, so small, small, hadn't it? So mm. small, just to, his, just to his bedroom at one point. <sighs> And then, and I think that example is just such a great, mm. a great one really to show how our work evolves mm. as it goes along yeah. um, in that service. So, you know, um, he obviously was referred to OT by psychology yes. because um, they'd managed to get him to shuffle downstairs, um, but he still was very fearful of walking. And we wondered whether there's a sensory element to that mm. and whether because he'd, he'd fallen his vestibular you know and visual mm -hmm. senses and his probe sense you know um just weren't functioning as they should and therefore he felt even more insecure after his fall on the stairs mm -hmm. he'd had a long history of being fearful of stairs the only set of stairs he could do 
um, were the ones at his home until yeah. he fell. Um, and so we got involved for that reason. And we worked in conjunction with psychology to build a good plan to gradually grade him to do the stairs more and more. So I was looking at the physicality really of him on the set, you know, how much contact is he having um, to know where he is in space? Um, And um, also I was quite lucky. I formed a really great therapeutic rapport with this person because we talked about activity and we talked about occupation and what really Mm. meant something to him. And through that, I was able to just build confidence with him. Um, and he was willing to tackle it for me and it was really, really great. And, um, obviously got, um, the assistant psychologist became involved at that point and she was able to also build a great rapport and she took that bit of work over. Mm. And I suppose that our transition, there's a bit of revelation and that things were going to change drastically for this person, weren't they? And in terms of his social setup. And yes. the family set up, being careful by his mother. Mm, yeah, and he for a long time, yeah. and her ability to do that was changing. It's changing at the moment. And it's yeah. when you came in, Becky, you yeah. were able to just really run with that functional stuff, and mm. it's just and it's just been brilliant. I'm so pleased. Yeah. I'm so pleased with how he's been doing. And I think it's only gonna get better. And I think the plan is um, we're going to continue and hopefully build up his routine a bit. Mm. Um, and hopefully add in some other activities, new ones, and also ones he used to find meaningful. Brilliant. Um, which is really nice. So good. And that will so work on Discipline, his physical yeah. health issues as well, because obviously his person has type 2 diabetes, is quite yeah. overweight because mm-hmm. of the lack of activity in his life, his ability to, you know, to when his mum isn't around yeah. to cook those healthier meals and make those healthier choices and mm-hmm. things. And, and your work is, you know, not only helping him build his confidence, his self-esteem again and getting out there and experiencing life, yeah. but he's also going to be, um, you know, getting better skills. physical, have better, better physical health because exactly. of what you've done. So it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Which has been really nice. And I think, um, yeah. I hope that's been helpful, kind of a little, kind of almost chatty overview of the band five. Yeah, we have been quite chatty about it. Yeah, that's been good for you guys. Um, so maybe this would be a good point, I think, um, to have a chat about how Bryony's now moved into Peds because I think actually quite a lot of our members work in pediatrics. Mm. So it'd be nice to know your take on working with people with learning dis well, children with learning disabilities. Okay, so as you know, I moved over to the paediatric team in January this year. So I've only been there about eight weeks, which is not long <laughs> at all, is it? Um, but um, yeah, and it's been it's been really interesting. I started my career in paediatrics, worked in a school, um, and I was there for two years before moving to the adult LD team. And now I've gone back. So, um, yeah, gone, gone back to where I was. It's, it's, quite, it's been quite interesting. Um, and, um, and moving back to it on the health side of things as well has been quite interesting too and a bit different. Um, but, yeah, so the paediatric team that I work for now, they see um, – children with with any health need within the geographical area and so the work is very varied but children with learning disabilities um obviously part of that Mm. um and I also see children with certain syndromes that we would see in adult learning disabilities as well 
and so it's definitely been it's definitely been an interesting move in that there's lots of skills that I gained in the adult learning disability team mm. that certainly helped my practice yeah. in a paediatric team mm. um but now I feel like I'm also learning so much more and it was definitely a good move to make as a band six yeah I think um, at this point in my career because it's just another opportunity to keep developing those skills I guess which is so important isn't it oh so, my goodness yeah. yeah definitely and it's been yeah interesting as well because I've gone from using the Moho model which I know really well and I really like using to using the copper model um so that's been quite Must yeah be interesting to have that change yeah, yeah really interesting um and nice to have the experience of using a different tool yeah that I've not used before um and the co-op um approach is very is um very big in um pediatrics as well and mm. all my colleagues have had training in that and hopefully okay. um that'll be something that I'll be doing okay um I don't know much about that no uh, yeah I mean I, I don't know yet I haven't been trained but it's 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 a it's a approach to therapy where oh, okay. the idea I think is that you empower the person you're doing therapy with to really lead oh, the wow. therapy and it okay. helps motivation because it's about yeah. them and what they want and how they want to go about it so I'm really really interested to do the training actually and that sounds like something that would work really well in LD as well mm. like adults as well certainly yeah. and I think there's certainly people Absolutely. that yeah are in mm. that service that would really really benefit from it mm. um but yeah so as a service um the the pediatric team how they approach um referrals well especially the ones that I'm doing, so I'm doing health referrals and it's, it's very structured. So I spend one half of the term doing assessment and then the next half of the term delivering intervention. And it's much more short term because um, if there are longer term needs, they would be assessed for an EHCP and longer term OT would go into that and then would be delivered by other members of my team. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really interesting move. As I said, lots of similarities, lots of great skills I had in the adult LD team have transferred over really, really nicely. Um, but also differences as well. And, you know, especially, you know, the occupations of children and how different they are oh, of course, adults. Yeah. yeah. So thinking about play um, yeah. and school and, yeah. It's something I've really considered. I don't know yeah, why. I yeah, know. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, of course, their occupations are very different. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. And it's been a quite nice reminder that mm. through our life, our occupations do change. Yeah, for everybody. What's, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been really, really interesting. I don't know whether any listeners have done the same, whether they've gone between adults and paediatrics and how mm. they have felt about it. It'd be really interesting to hear from oh, them definitely. about that. I know there are definitely some members who can yeah get in contact and let us know so if you do please do <laughs> yeah thank you yeah so there you have it that's our first episode finished um thank you everyone for listening and we hope you've enjoyed it and we hope you found it interesting yeah thank you so much for listening um so if you are interested in coming on and being interviewed by us on the podcast, um, there are a couple of ways you can do it. So you can contact us on Twitter at RCOT underscore PLD on our new Instagram, which is also RCOT underscore PLD. 
you can join our members only Facebook group if you're a member of special section, which is RCOT underscore PLD members group or our open Facebook group, which is the RC, RCOT people <laughs> with learning disabilities group. And um, right now coming on the podcast is a benefit of being a member. So if you're not a member, this is the perfect time to become one. And you can do so by going to the specialist section page on the RCOT website. But again, we'd just like to thank you for listening. And yeah, we hope to bring in the next podcast quite soon. All right. Bye.